You're listening to Pop Culture Fanatics, a podcast for the crazy fan in you. Titled Naturan de Manto, roughly translated Book of the Dead. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Pop Culture Fanatics, the only podcast for the fanatic inside of you. It's your boy Val Cisco, welcoming all the deadites, ghouls, and demons to the podcast as we take a plunge, maybe an elevator shaft deep dive down the world of Evil Dead as we explore the latest in the franchise, Evil Dead Rise. I'm super excited to talk about it. If y'all know me, I love my horror movies, and I definitely love the Evil Dead franchise, so I was super super stoked to get into this movie get out of this movie and actually talk about it after some time as well too so of course if you're new to the podcast we do a little bit of a spoiler free section at first maybe the first five minutes we give our opinions about what we liked what we didn't like and so on and so forth and after that we deep dive right into spoilers but definitely we'll let you know once we reach that point so sit back relax and let's get groovy So let's get some backstory how I feel about Evil Dead in the first place. I do love Evil Dead as a franchise. Whether you like the slapstick humor that Sam Raimi and Bruce gave you in the first three films, to the reimagining or remake that he brought us in 2013, and the brutality that that movie has, the the tone that it kind of changes, there's something for every horror enthusiast out there when you look at this film series. Whether it's the show itself and the humor slash macabre that's existed in that show to this movie and the undeniable performance that you get from Alyssa Sutherland as a Deadite is remarkable. I, I think it's, it's, it's uncanny when you see her transformation to a deadite and she honestly makes the whole movie uh there are parts where you know her character is away for some time you try to get a little backstory from different little characters here and there but at the end of the day um Alyssa's deadite is fantastic it is scary it is spooky it will give kids nightmares and when I went to see this movie in theaters I took my daughter who's 18 and I took my son as well too um, who is still a little baby teenager <laughs> and I gotta say that both of them were pretty disturbed coming out the theater and both of them don't get shook easily like they saw Terrifier and they're like yeah alright we can deal with it but for some reason Alyssa's performance really triggered a nerve and maybe it's because um, when you look at a 
character that's supposed to be a maternal character, a parental character, that's so close, that wants to be so close to their children, especially with what we have today with, you know, the disconnection between the parent and the child these days, even more so than we would like, I think that strikes a nerve to the younger generation these days and you're seeing that like that's my mom that's someone that's supposed to love me take care of me be there for me and support me and with a flick of the thumb right there snap of the thumb it's completely soulless it's soulless and evil to its core and i think that's why it shook them in my opinion my humble opinion i don't know how any other child is in the audience <laughs> when we went to see this movie this weekend as well too god rest their souls for coming out of it unscathed and if they are not unscathed they are disturbed for life i will say that because the performance is that uncanny um me myself like i said i absolutely love this franchise um favorite being evil dead 2 a lot of people's favorites is Evil Dead 2 because of the slapstick humor, because of the, the mix of gore, macabre, dare I say, unnatural humor that's happening in that black comedy that's happening in that film, um, mixed with just the practical effects as well too. I think there's something about that movie that sticks with you to this day. Um, and even Army of Darkness with the campiness of everything. Like I do love that movie as well too. Um, straight off the rip, I will say this before we get any further, I will be reviewing each and every single movie that came out from the franchise this week. We're starting off backwards, we're starting off with Evil Dead Rise, but for after this we will go from Evil Dead to 2 to Army of Darkness to the show to the remake, and hopefully we can get done by the rest of the week, and hopefully you guys will enjoy that. But yeah, I absolutely love this film, um, how it kind of slightly deals with Lovecraftian culture as well too with the Necronomicon but not really um, if anything this film is probably the most Lovecraftian out of all of them and I, I say that with, with, with a little twinkle in my eye because there are certain nods to other movies that are very Lovecraftian as well too that you're like ah I see what they're doing over there pretty cool pretty cool pretty cool this movie has a mix of callbacks from The Shining to Cronenberg and and to even Stephen King elements as well too, where you're seeing little spots of inspiration here and there. And of course, with Sam Raimi um, being an executive producer on this as well too, you're not gonna make an Evil Dead film and not make it feel like a Sam Raimi film. And it definitely captures that spirit from the opening segment to even the ending as well too. You get that Raimi-esque feel, whether you hate it or you love it. I personally love it. I know a lot of people hate his film style i don't know why but i can understand hell different strokes rule the world but at the end of the day is it a good film and i can say this it it's a fantastic film it, it has a good story about what it is to be a mother a parent if you will it has that sibling bond of trying to protect each other from a unnatural force and the the scare elements are there and it's not just cheap pop scares that you would get from these conjuring movies and i know the conjuring series is very beloved i get that for the last 10 years that that's y'all generation right there gen z that's your generation's horror franchise right there i totally understand that but it's a lot of pop and jump scares whereas this film it's a bit disturbing 
And when I say disturbing, it's not like torture porn like Saw, but it's disturbing to the point where you're seeing certain things and you're like, oh, that doesn't seem natural. Or that line didn't sound right. It stuck with you. And I think that's what really, that's what really separates it from a lot of the movies that have came out in the last like five to six years. This is why I feel like this is probably the most successful horror movie to come out critically since the remake of it. Now, this, these are just my opinions. You could probably think this movie's dog shit for all I didn't know. And that's your prerogative right here. But for me specifically, from the horror elements to the practical and CGI effects to the creative ways they look to scare the audience in such a close, closed environment. I mean, we're getting an apartment complex with this movie. Um... And I know in the other past movies, we're getting things like cabins. Or, in the case of Army of Darkness, you're getting medieval times, right? Or in the case of Ash vs. Evil Dead, you're getting different locations to locations to locations. But this movie felt very intimate because not you're taking the, the, the setting of what Evil Dead is and putting it in a closed environment in an apartment complex, which is already a character in itself. Um, I feel like the acting... It's a little weird from some of the children. I feel like their motivations are a little weird, especially one of them. I feel like how we got to point A to point B was a little silly, but at the end of the day, these are horror movies, and a little campiness, a little silliness, especially in the Evil Dead franchise, is warranted. So I don't judge it based on that. It's kind of like how I go see a Godzilla film. I don't go there for Oscar-winning like, dialogue. I go there to see monsters smash each other. When Evil Dead, I expect blood, guts, and a lot of gore. Um, and you get that in tenfolds in this movie. Um, but I will say that some of the performances are less to be less than desired, in my opinion. I feel like there could have been stronger connections. It kind of feels like everyone's a little shitty to each other. And hey, that's okay. Family, no family is perfect. Hell, my family, we all rag on each other half the time anyways. But this one feel like, felt like there wasn't a real solid connection between every single person there besides maybe one or two but then again there's a lot of drama happening in this movie a lot of things a lot of missing pieces to the puzzle that that will leave you like scratching your head like oh, okay that's interesting but nonetheless it's a great film a fun film a great film for horror fans this is something you're going to want to buy on dvd blu-ray hd whatever we're doing these days you want to download to your computer your phone rock and roll xbox playstation what have you i feel like this is a must-have when it comes out and to give like a a rating without the spoilers 7.5 7.5 without the spoilers um just with the elevator pitch of a mother gets possessed by an unholy entity and it's up to the sister who's struggling from her own demons and their kids who's struggling from their own demons to combat this force a force that they love but just wants nothing to do but destroy them from the inside and out what do you do in a small cramped space what do you do and I know it kind of probably sounds familiar when I give an elevator pitch like that, but I promise you it's not. <laughs> it's something completely different, and it feels so good because it's completely different and fresh. But that's it for the spoiler part right there. We're going to deep dive into spoilers a tad bit for the next couple of minutes, so hopefully you enjoy this. If you haven't watched the movie yet, 
pause it right now, rock and roll, get back to me when you're done, let me know, throw a comment in there, a like, a subscribe, what have you, and finish the podcast from here, okay? But right now, we're going to start the spoiler section. Hail to the king, baby. Let's dive deeper into Rabbit Hole when it comes to Evil Dead Rise. Now, we are going to start off with some negatives. This is going to be a, a positive podcast, I promise you guys. I really do love this movie, but it does have some negatives, and that's okay. Every movie does. No movie is completely perfect. No Evil Dead movie is completely perfect as well, too. And I really have, like, three negatives about this movie. And it's nothing too crazy, because once again, we're not looking for Oscar-worthy dialogue or performances, but there are certain things that could have been shaped up a little bit better. But we'll see what happens, right? You judge for yourselves, guys. But number one would be the the siblings and their performances or portrayals. Uh, Bridget, Cassie, and Danny um, as the three different age siblings, Bridget being the oldest, Danny being the middle child, and Cassie being the youngest. I just don't feel that connection between all three of them, either of them. I mean, maybe the best performance out of all three of them is Cassie, and she is very much a focal point throughout the movie. You know, there's something to say about the young and innocent going through a traumatic time and coming through that. And you definitely see that she is a different kind of little girl as well, too, in the beginning of the movie. You know, you see her decapitating her dolls and putting them on putting the heads on a on a staff like a broomstick um kind of spiking the head on it and basically saying like if anything bad ever happens to us i got staffany she names the staff i love it and you know it's just this performance that like i like about this character because she is strong although she's the youngest she's the strongest in a way she seems like yeah i should be scared of everything in this world but i got you guys and maybe i appreciate her more than everyone else because bridget being the older sister there's nothing really to connect with with this character um i feel like she should be the older sister but none of that older sibling cliche happens with this character it's not like she's pressured because of all the craziness is happening inside the household or all the, all the siblings or helping mom out with certain things um she's being hit on by a couple of boys inside the complex but you really don't get what her intentions are just if she likes the attention or not um she's very much a shallow character and when she does turn into a deadite toward the middle toward the end of the movie which spoilers yeah she does um, I, I feel like you would have been connected more to the character if she gave you something to connect with. If she gave you more meat to really fall in love with, but you don't get that whatsoever. Danny, you definitely don't. Danny, you're happy to see anything happen to this character. <laughs> you know, Danny's... I wish we got something weird with this middle, with this middle sibling character as well, too. Being a middle sibling, you know, it's tough. You're, you're not the one that's always being um scolded but you're not the one that they're paying attention to either you're just right there in the middle like kind of like empty a tad bit always looking for the attention but not wanting it at the same time you don't get that like denny is a aspiring dj are they a good dj not not so much 
but they're happy with their performances. They're happy with what they're doing, and I appreciate that, right? Cool, like, that's cool. Like, it might not be the best, but in your head, you're rocking and rolling at 16 years old, so I can appreciate that. But other than that, there's nothing else that comes from his character. You don't get this rebellious teenager that will not listen to the rules or not obey parents' decisions or responsibilities. You're just maybe upset about dad or upset about mom or upset about your aunt. You don't get any of that. You're just a character just to be there. Um, yes, I feel like these performances fell flat. Uh, the second biggest thing I will say is the the journey on getting the Book of the Dead, the Necronomicon, in their possession was a little convoluted. You know, the apartment complex I love because it's a character of itself. I do love the apartment complex. It's gritty, intimate, weird. Um, a great stage for this. But the fact that we're having like this, I don't know, earthquake randomly happens, whether you want to see it's randomly or it's the universe saying whatever will happen will happen, cool what have you but an earthquake happens the kids see a hole because of the earthquake they notice that the apartment complex was built over a bank from the 1920s and Danny just jumps in he's like I'm going in guys not knowing what the hell is in there so I'm going in so that's like I didn't really don't care about this character it's like Danny like give me some motivation maybe you are like I said, a rebellious teenager just wants that attention right there, so you're just gonna pull some weird shit just to do it. Not really, you just jump in a hole. Um, they do give some kind of explanation, like maybe there's something in this bank, this vault right here that could help mom out. I get that. Um, but as they are looking around inside the vault, they're noticing that it's not your everyday vault, it has been touched over you know, years, decades, and there's crucifixes in there, um, he finds some vinyl records, uh, they find a covered up book, and they decide to take that upstairs with them. That's really about it, they didn't really snoop around too much to see if there was any money, gold, or anything whatsoever, anything valuable, just those things, and whether you could say they were drawn to it, it's the universe, it's the evil dead, drawing that character into it, you could say that, but the movie does not pull you in that direction whatsoever. It just feels like it's a spare-the-moment sporadic thing. So, the fact that we went from that to that to that to get to what we eventually know is going to happen, which is opening up the book, the incantations being read, and of course the evil dead being unleashed onto this family, I feel like it was just a little silly. The book, well, that's more of a positive. We'll get to that in a little bit. I guess the final thing I would say that I didn't care too much is our protagonist, Beth. I think Beth is okay. I think she's... I think she's okay. Uh, you know, she's a... It's your typical protagonist, down your luck, hero story of, you know, starts off pretty weak, fragile, confused, unmotivated and has to become this prolific character toward the end of the movie. And in some ways we do get that, but it just doesn't, it feels cheapened a tad bit. You, know, you first meet this character, she's an audio technician. Um, I guess she's with a band and she finds out that she's pregnant. She's not too happy with the fact that she is pregnant. So immediately she 
gets out where she's out of and goes running to her sister um, just to be consoled about the situation. Okay, rock and roll. I can deal with that. We don't know how many months she is pregnant, but she is feeling stomach pains throughout this whole process, so it's never really touched upon. Um, she meets Ellie. Like I said, Ellie's part of my positive right there, so I'll leave her a little bit more, but, you know, they're talking, and you really want that, like, sister bond, and you don't get that either from at least Beth. Um, Beth is pretty much oblivious to what goes on in life and maybe that's part of her character as well too you know she's like oh you know what's going on everything looks so crazy in this apartment ah oh, it's getting condemned and we're gonna have to move in a month a month that's crazy like is so and so gonna help you out your husband yada 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 oh he left me he went to go milk get milk and never came came back you know he's gone gone girl i'm gone and she's like well why didn't you tell me anything I could have been there for your moral support. At least, like, I did. I did. <laughs> Twice. You never picked up. Check your voicemails. And you get to see this little crushy moment with Beth checking voicemails about, you know, Ellie's troubles and how she's breaking down the phone. So, I don't know. I just felt like her character could have been a little bit better. You do get the hero's journey, and I understand that. You know, what it is to be a mother, what it is to be a parent, what it is to be maternal, and what it is to fight for things that you love, or maybe not what you love, but fight for what's right. So I, I, I definitely see that. You know, when a, when a good mother turns evil and a potential bad mother has to rise to the occasion, what do you do? I, I do like that duality, but I just felt like... By the end of the movie, do I feel that she is a changed character? Maybe. But not in a way where she experienced enough loss to change her. She just saw a lot of disturbing things happening inside the household, and I get that. You know, mental scars can hurt more than physical. But when we're looking at people like Mia, Ash, just losing literal pieces of themselves and then you look at Beth it's like oh you kind of got it easy compared to everyone else um so yeah uh, Beth she kind of does it for me but she is a little bit of a negative she has some good facial expressions she has some good dialogue a little bit here and there but in the end sequence of her in a chainsaw is pretty fun but other than that mm, I don't care for her that much now positives people positive positive positives uh, the Necronomicon. I love how it looks. A little different from the ones we are, we're used to seeing. Um, resembles the one from the 2013 with the how how it looks like book from from Hocus Pocus a little bit with the skin just very prominent. Um, but a little different from other Necronomicons. This one has teeth by the pages, kind of like a, a mech chest. Uh, I found that pretty cool. Um, I read recently that the director said that it's paying homage to the Army of Darkness Necronomicon, that one that bites Ash in the hand. He did say that he would like it to be that one. Now, is that canon or not? I'm not too sure. Uh, but I did like the fact that we got a different version, more updated version of this book. Creepier, more menacing. Um, 
I the gore. The gore in this movie is fantastic. There are spots in this movie that are unhinged, disturbing, and not like Saw where it's more torture porn or terrifier. More like parts that'll probably stick with you for the rest of your life if you're not used to this. Like seeing Bridget chew on glass and swallow the shards. You see the shards cutting the esophagus as they go down. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Um, the body um, contouring different directions just to fit in small spaces. There's a shot um, that's like one concise shot from the peephole looking out and you see the deadite version of Ellie just murdering neighbors with guns and children and eating the eyeball right right out the eye socket and just destroying people and then coming back to the people smiling like all right i'm good y'all can let me in now it's just so terrified and so brutal but so great i feel like that moment right there will stick with a lot of people um the incantation was fun i mean like like i said i was a little weird how he got there but hey homeboy's a dj puts um, one of those records on and we get a nice little cameo from our boy Ash Williams who is it's not Ash it's Bruce playing a character so we think and it's basically a older priest saying that they found the book of the dead and they need to have all this information um, um, translated for the good of man but of course the colleagues are like no you should destroy this book the second one actually talks about the incantations and that's where we get the horrifying contorting scene with ellie in the elevator thankfully we did not get a um uh wires or roots molesting this character like we did in 2013 that was a hard part to watch but you can only imagine as it cuts away a little bit um yeah the brutality in this movie is great the cameos in this movie are great when it comes to like little things like that um yeah I, I find this movie fun I find it a roller coaster at many times I find the ending pretty fun as well too how you know we are seeing multiple people from the complex turn into deadites whether it's the family like Bridget and Danny turning into a deadite whether it's um the already dead dismembered members of the community in that apartment complex turning into deadites and all just mutating and fusing into Ellie to making this very Lovecraftian type monster almost like like um, the monster you get from um, the thing toward the end as well too with different hands and appendages sticking out very good call back to that movie right there and it's very disturbing to see as well too especially when it's trying to chase both Beth and Cassie as well in the elevator shaft very creepy we have a nice little creepy moment of the elevator filling up with blood and just basically dropping down to the garage floor and as it drops and the doors open just copious amounts of blood just go everywhere and almost just like uh that scene from the shiny as well too as the elevator doors open up and the blood just runs everywhere almost scene by scene right there it was super cool to see that the sound was great the music was great um the it was very intense the sound was very intense you felt every moment of this movie um and i believe even though i have my feelings on the ending i feel like it's super satisfying uh, wood chipper destroying this monster as well too with the chainsaw as well too very ash williams and of course our protagonist beth owning up to like i'm gonna be a mom 
I'm gonna take care of you, and I'm gonna get my shit together. And they bounce. Interesting. Very open-ended for this movie as well, too. Um, and it's good that they did that, you know? Leaves the imagination to run wild. This movie did have a cold opening, which is fun. Um, basically, it was three friends at a cabin. I mean, crazy-looking cabin as well, too. Looks like a the cabin from Midsummer with the triangle base. Um... I guess a party was supposed to happen, but things did not turn out the way they wanted to. One of the girls, Jessica, has fell ill. She wakes up as a deadite, goes on a murdering rampage. A great shot of her levitating over a lake with evil dead rise in the background. I found that pretty cool. But all this uh, happens, and it says, one day earlier, and it pans to the situation that I was saying with Beth, Ellie, the kids, and the craziness. Um, the true, true ending is that after all the madness and craziness has has ended that same girl Jessica I believe the same girl that was sick in the cold opening I guess she was a tenant in that apartment complex as well too on a different floor she's basically oblivious to everything that has went on she's oblivious to what's happening in the garage for all the blood and everything around there and goes in her car and it looks like she's about to go to the lake you see her talking to her friends and she's like making plans and whatnot very happy about life nothing could dumb her down and of course she's about to take off but she sees blood on the floor she freaks out she sees the carnage that's happening all over pieces of flesh everywhere and of course a lingering spirit rushes to her very classic Evil Dead fashion, and the movie ends right there. So basically, your opening was your ending. Very fun movie, though. Like, I, I gotta say, like, this is a movie you're gonna want to own. I'm not doing justice on the brutality of this movie. Like I said, if, if you, people that I, I know, they're like, oh, I love Saul, and I love things like that, where I could just deal with, like, terrifying, brutal instances like that, but you, this is not that. I think it's because, um, Alyssa's character as Ellie, she's so like endearing as a mother that you want to see this woman change back into the person she was, but she's completely dead. There's even a part where she dies, literally dies, and comes back to life without a soul. The things she says, you know, mommy's laying with the maggots now, and things of that nature are just horrifying things about, you know, the father, about her mother, about, about Beth, uh, about Beth's baby, unborn baby and things of that nature. It's very striking, very frightening as well, too, and I think that's what sticks with people in this movie, is that there's such a connection with that character is that she, you're rooting for her to get back to normal again, but halfway through the movie, you know that she's not turning back whatsoever, and the only way to stop her is to kill her. You're just waiting for anyone else to realize that. There's some awesome little tidbits with Stephanie and Cassie with the staff. There's some awesome tidbits in the elevator as well, too. There's a lot of good stuff in this movie. Like I said, a couple of little things I didn't like, certain connections with characters and whatnot, some nonsense scenes. This movie was a little longer too, it could have been 10 minutes shorter, but nonetheless, I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it. If I'm going to give it a rating, I give this bad boy 8 out of 10. Um, it's, it, if I had to rank it, man, in the Evil Dead series, I do rank it probably rank it like number three probably goes with yeah it probably goes with evil dead 2 uh army of darkness then it would be this 
it was Evil Dead the remake for a while, and I do feel like the Evil Dead remake is more brutal, a little bit more savage, especially with that with the syringe scene as well too, to the eye, to the face and eyes in that last movie. But this one, because things feel more intimate, because things feel more personal, it stays a few longer. And I think that's what you want out of horror movies. You want them to linger. You want to think about it when you're gone. You want to be like, can we watch Frozen right after this because I feel uncomfortable? You want that feeling. And this movie gives you that. So yeah, 8 out of 10 right there, guys. I think this is a movie that I'm going to own. As, well, I know I'm going to own when, I, when it comes out. Um, hopefully you guys have your own thoughts and opinions on it. If you do, let me know at um, Apple Podcasts. You can definitely leave a comment right there. Spotify as well, too. Um, you can like, review as well, too. And if you want, if you go to Spotify, uh, podcasting on Spotify, you can leave a message if you want. Be like, hey, Val, you completely suck. Or, hey, Val, that was a good take what you had right there. I totally understand that. Uh, you can do that as well, too. But, hey, follow me everywhere, guys. You guys got um, IG at Pop, Pop Culture Fanatics, Twitter at Pop Culture Fanatics, and, of course, um... Facebook at Pop Culture Fanatics as well too, which has its own group pages there. Uh, for the podcast, uh, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora, uh, Google Music, and more. So look us up, guys. We're a little bit everywhere, ramping up again. This is gonna be a busy week as well too. Like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I'm gonna tackle each of the films. Um, I know we started with this one, but. Uh, we're going to try to tackle one each day Start with Evil Dead, the original To two, to Army of Darkness To the show, and of course The show, we're probably going to encompass everything And the remake as well too So hopefully you guys are excited about that this week Because I know I am And um, I definitely look forward to doing another one guys Thanks so much for inviting me into your lives For the last 20 minutes And look forward to giving you some creepy reviews later on. Take care. Have a groovy day. Later.